Psalms chapter number one, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number one. Psalms one, one. If you're there, say Amen. Amen. The Bible said, "Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful." But his light is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Um, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the Congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, I want to go back up to verse number one and read that first little phrase again, and that'll be our thought for today. The Bible said, Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. All throughout our Bible, we'll find that phrase. Blessed is the man. And so, if the Lord will help me. This morning, I want to preach on that little simple thought and chase it throughout the Scriptures. Blessed is the man. Would you pray with me and pray for me? Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house one more time. Thank you, Lord, for the great privilege to stand and read and preach from the Word of God, Lord, one more time. God, we love you and we praise you. Lord, we lift your name up, which is above every name. I pray this morning, oh God, that you touch me and feel me and use me. Pray, God, Lord, not for my glory, but for thine. Lord, please penetrate the hearts of your people. God, encourage us, uh, change us, convict us, Lord. Whatever our need is this morning, I pray, dear God, through the preaching of the Word of God, that you meet our needs. And, Lord, that we leave out of here different than we came. Please help us this morning. And for what you do, we'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name and for His sake, and all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. Blessed is the man. I begin to contemplate and think about this little thought as I would read. We were talking in the parking lot before, uh, before church or before Sunday school one, and Brother Caleb was uh, talking about reading a psalm. I've encouraged you to read a psalm a day. And boy, I, I try to do that. And, and uh, I've read over this a thousand times. Blessed is the man. But uh, this week when I read across that phrase and it was in another place, in another psalm, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. And can I say, uh, I am without a doubt a blessed man uh, this morning. Uh, can I say you and I, my friend, should count our blessings. Uh, uh, the Lord surely has been good to us. I, I say hallelujah that the Lord uh, uh, would look down on a people like me and you uh, and give us an opportunity uh, to have the testimony uh, to say I qualify, I meet this standard, blessed is the man. But may I say this morning, uh, uh, just as you and I will shout and rejoice over the, uh, the fact that we're blessed or blessed, uh, uh, can I say right here in our text we find uh, that there's another kind of man.
man. Uh, the Bible said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And verse number four, the Bible said, The ungodly are not so. Uh, the Bible said in verse five, The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Uh, can I say every sinner uh, that's on their way to hell this morning, uh, every, every man, woman, boy and girl uh, who does not know the free pardon of sin and who does not know the way, the truth and the life. Uh, my friend, they may look around at their life and they may see their home and their car and their job and uh, they may even see a clean bill of health and uh, money in the bank, but my friend, uh, how many of y'all know that the things of this world are very temporal and they pass away uh, just as quick as they come. They can leave uh, and vanish from our lives. Uh, uh, but my friend, we've got so much more uh, than the materialistic things in this life. Uh, uh, can I say, I don't want to lose everything, uh, but if I lost everything, uh, I've still got the main thing this morning. Uh, I say hallelujah. Blessed is the man that's a godly man. Blessed is the man that lives for God and God lives in him. I say hallelujah to be a blessed man this morning. Simple little thought, simple little phrase, but boy, it carries some great meaning throughout the book, throughout the Bible. And I want to look at those if I could this morning. Number one, I... I want to say, blessed is the man that walks with God. Uh, well, I thought I'd get more than one right there. Blessed is the man who walks with God. We find two men, the Bible lists very specifically, that walk with God. One is Enoch and the other is Noah. The Bible said that Enoch walked with God and the Bible said that Noah walked with God. Is there anybody here this morning that knows really what it is to walk with God? Uh, boy, we say that and that's a term in the church world. Uh, uh, but I'm afraid we've got a lot of people that sitting on church pews and we've got a lot of people that have a, a spot in the choir loft and We've got a lot of people that, uh, my friend, that, that, that have a, a ministry or a class or, a, or something they're doing. And uh, my friend, they're busy, but they do not walk with God. Uh, I'm here to report to you today, if you don't have a, a close walk with God, you can have one. Uh, you don't have to leave here uh, the same way you came in serving God. Hey, somebody got to help me today. Serving God does not have to be dry and serving. And God does not have to be uh, enduring, uh, enduring the journey. Uh, my friend, you can enjoy serving God. Uh, but you'll find, I don't care how much works uh, and how many works you do and how good you live, uh, that's not where our joy comes from. Uh, our joy is not found in being faithful uh, simply alone. Our joy is not just found in a song or a sermon. Uh, but my friend, if you don't have a 
walk with God. All that's dead and dry, my friend, and it does not move and penetrate your heart. By the way, our hearts are cold and wicked and indifferent. My friend, our hearts are full of mischief and destruction. The Bible said that no man even knows his own heart. But my friend, if you'll walk with God, what you'll find is even when your heart don't want it and your flesh is resisting and your mood's not just right and your day's not been all that well and your health's not where it's supposed to be and there's no money in your pocket, what you'll find with by walking with God is the whole world can crash down but you'll still have joy and you'll still have peace and you'll still have mercy and grace. I'm trying to tell you, blessed is the man that walks with God. This is a threefold deal here in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible lets us know this walk is threefold. I want you to look again in the verse, verse number 1. Blessed is the man, number 1, threefold, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Can I say, if you're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, then you must be walking in the counsel of the godly. Does that make sense to everybody? I know it's elementary. But my friend, if you're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, that would uh, I would assume that would mean that uh, you must be walking in the counsel of God. Uh, threefold, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Secondly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. By the way, friend, uh, notice what it says. The way of uh, sinners. Can I remind you? Can I get somebody uh, to say amen? There's only two ways, friend. Uh, my friend, there's the way uh, that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof uh, are the ways of destruction. Then there's the way of Christ. And Jesus said, I am the way of the truth and the life. Uh, and so there's the second uh, part uh, of a threefold walk with God. Uh, and then thirdly, it says, nor sitteth uh, in the seat of the scornful. That word scornful simply means to be contemptuous or disdainful acting in defiance or disregard. It literally means to hold your relationship with God in contempt. It means to go against the order and the law of God. Everybody knows the term about being in contempt of court, don't you? Well, you can be in contempt with God if you're not walking with God. Somebody help me this morning. You're in contempt with the God of heaven. This is threefold this morning. We've got a walk with the counsel of the ungodly. We've got standing in the way of sinners and we've got sinning in the seat of the scornful. You can be walking with God three ways or walking in an opposite way. Three different ways based upon my friend how you walk, where you stand, and where you sit. Does everybody see that? Uh, my 
friend, you say, I've got two of them down, but one of them I'm not doing so well. You're not walking with God. My friend, if you're not walking in the counsel of God, if you're not standing in the way of the Scriptures, and if you're not seating in the seat of the, of the saints of God and the service of God, my friend, you're not walking with Him. But I'm here to report to you this morning, blessed is the man that walks with God. Is there anybody here this morning that knows that it's the best life that you and me could ever live? It's to walk with God. I love the old songwriter that penned these words. He walks with me and he talks with me. I'm telling you, it's good to know God this morning. It's good to know Him. I'm glad He knows me, but it's sure good to know Him. Blessed is the man that walks with God. Mama and Daddy, you don't know why you need to strive to walk with God? Because if you don't, you're going to miss out on this blessing. Sinners think they're blessed, but we know we're blessed. The world thinks they're blessed because they've got money and they've got this and they've got that and I ain't against having things. I want things just like you want things but my friend, at the end of the day, everything we got could be robbed, took away. I think about Job. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey, same word we just read. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You don't know why Job still had the testimony that he was blessed and was blessed even when he lost everything is because when he lost everything he still had the one thing that brings real true joy and peace and love and content contentness and my friend Job knew what it was to be blessed because he knew what it was to walk with God blessed is the man that walks with God secondly I want to say blessed is the man that's been washed by God Look in verse or chapter number 32. We're going to go all throughout the book of Psalms. Chapter 32. Just a little word study the Lord gave me this week. A little outline, a little thought. Try to be a blessing and an encouragement to you. To walk with God. Can I say if we're lacking one thing? In these last days... The church, it would be that the church is failing, I believe, to really walk with God. We say one thing, we do another. Uh, we, we, the Bible said in uh, that men deny or that men pro- proclaim God and they act like they know God, but in works they deny Him. Uh, I want to have a real walk with Him. I want to be able to get down on my own knees. Call on His name and know that He's listening. One of the worst places to be is being faithful to church and sitting on church pew, but you ain't no closer enough with God that you even trust your own prayers. Boy, that's a shame. Can I say our church, our churches are filled with people that don't even trust their own ability to pray. Why? They fail to walk with God. That's how Job, when he lost everything, he was able still to call upon the Lord and not curse him. You know what it says about Mama? Job's wife just cursed God and died. I don't think she'd been walking with him like Job had. 
Because Job knew, hey, I know we've lost everything, Mama, but my God, he spoke to me this morning and it was good. The day before that, I woke up and he was right there with me. Why would I curse such a faithful God? Job, we've lost everything. What do you mean he's faithful? Hey, it don't matter if we've got everything or lost everything. God, hey, is always faithful. Blessed is the man that walks with God. Blessed is the man that's been washed by God. Psalms 32, look at verse 2. We're going to find this word, this phrase again. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. I don't know about you, but I want to be a blessed man. Blessed is the man that walks with God. Blessed is the man that's been washed by God. The Bible we just read said, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. May I say this? The Bible said in Romans 4, 8, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. How does God look upon creatures like you and me and not impute iniquity and not impute sin? There's only one way when God... God looks at me and you that He does not impute to us our own sin and our own iniquity. And that's through and by His blood on a cross. My friend, the only way that God will not impute our sins and iniquity is if there was a time that He has imputed His righteousness unto us. I say thank God that there's a day in my life that my sins were washed away and God imputed His righteousness unto me. That's the only way you'll ever get out of your sin and iniquity is if God has imputed His own righteousness into your heart. Y'all want to look at what the Bible says about this? Boy, there's a lot on this imputed righteousness. Let's run over to Romans 3. All throughout Romans and 1 Corinthians and different places we find the Lord makes a lot of mention about this imputed righteousness. Let me remind you what we read in Psalms 32.2. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. How are we going to be blessed? You've got to be washed. Got to be washed. Can I say you're not under the hand and the favor and the blessing of God if you're lost? You will not ever know what it is to live that life of blessed is the man. Again, this world has everything and they claim they would say, oh, that's me, blessed is the man. But they're the same ones that are overdosing on drugs trying to find peace. And they're the same ones having to go up to a bottle every day just to get enough ease in their mind and in their conscience to lay down and enjoy an evening. They're the same ones, my friend, who have all the money in the world but can't never work enough hours and can't never build a high enough income. I mean, they're all Always looking and asking and hungry for more. It's because they don't know what it is. I have to stand and say, hey, that's me. Blessed is the man. You can be blessed if you walk with God, if you've been washed by God. Look at Romans chapter number 3. Man, there's so much here. 
Lord have mercy. I don't even know where to start. Uh, let's look, just start in verse 1. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God? But uh, verse 3, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Yea, uh, excuse me, God forbid, yea, let God be true, and every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness uh, commend the righteousness of God what shall we say is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance uh, I speak as a man God forbid for then how shall God judge the world uh, how is God ever going to look at us and not impute our sin and our iniquities verse number uh, uh, verse number 7 for if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory why yet am I also judged as a sinner and not rather as we be slanderously reported and as some affirm that we say let us do evil that good may come whose damnation is just what then are we better than they no in no wise for we uh, have before proved both Jew and Gentile that they are all under sin I mean do you all see what the Bible saying how in the world would God not impute the Bible said blessed is the man uh, whom God imputeth not sin and whom God imputeth not iniquity. How is it possible? Verse number 11 There is none that understandeth There is none that seeketh after God. My friend they are all gone out of the way They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No not one Their throat is an open open sepulcher with their tongues They have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness Uh, their feet are swift to shed blood destruction and misery are in their ways uh, and the way of peace have they not known Uh, there is no fear of God before their eyes Uh, boy don't that sum up the world we're living in and don't that sum up how each and every one of us lived uh, before the good hey hey before the good God of glory came by but verse look at verse number uh, 19 now we know that what things soever the law saith it saith to them uh, uh, who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped uh, and all the world may become guilty before God therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin you know what the Bible just told us the law has condemned all men unto death Uh, but look at verse number 21 but now hallelujah but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested uh, being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ uh, unto all and upon all them uh, that believe for there is no difference uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace. Somebody ought to get happy through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God 
that set forth uh, to be a propitiation through faith in his blood uh, to declare his righteousness uh, for the remission of sins that are past uh, through the forbearance of God to declare I say it this time his righteousness that he might be just uh, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus where is boasting then uh, it is excluded by what law of works nay uh, but by the law of faith therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith uh, without the deeds of the law is he the God of the Jews only is he not also of the Gentiles yes Paul says uh, of the Gentiles also seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith do we then make void the law through faith God forbid yea we establish the law I'm trying to tell you tonight this morning hey I'm blessed blessed is the man whom God imputeth not his sins and iniquity why in hell can God look at us and not impute to us what we deserve because we've been washed we've been hey we've been redeemed we've been regenerated we've been born again hey we've all been washed in his blood and because of the sacrifice I know that God imputed unto me his own righteousness look at Romans 4 verse number 3 what saith the scripture Abraham believed God it was counted unto him for righteousness you remember what he's talking about about the law before the law after the law it's all faith in God God's righteousness is imputed unto us through faith not of our deeds, not of our works, it's what we just read, but through one word, faith. Faith. It's what it takes to be saved. Faith and repentance. Look at, look at, look at verse 5 in Romans 4. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for. Well, I don't make a Presbyterian shout. When God looks at us, the only thing He can see before we got saved is us. Sin, iniquity, faults, failures, shortcoming, ungodliness, wickedness, sin, iniquity. It's a revolving door, neighbor. This old flesh was corrupt from the very first second that we took our first breath. But ain't you glad when God breathed in you and saved your wretched soul, my friend, He imputed unto us His righteousness. Why can you say blessed is the man? Because I've been washed by God. Been washed. Look at verse 11, Romans 4. The Bible said, He received the sign of circumcision and seal of the righteousness of the faith which He had yet being uncircumcised that he might be the father of all them that believe though they be not circumcised that righteousness might be imputed unto them also 
He's drawing the line between Jew and Gentile. Old Testament law and New Testament. Grace. You know what he said? That some know what it was. That physical circumcision. Hey, my friend, we did not partake under the Jewish law and the physical circumcision. But thank God when we got saved uh, there was a spiritual circumcision and God cut away the flesh uh, from the soul and he, he birthed a new man in the soul and that's how God looks at us. It's not the outward appearance but the inward part of man. And God said that's where he imputed his righteousness. That's why we believe once you're saved you're always saved because that old man is on the outside. When we sin, it ain't the soul that God has saved. It's the flesh. And this man's still dead. This man's still lost. I mean, it's plain in Scripture that there's a war between spirit and flesh. That's why the Bible said, uh, if you want to walk in the Spirit, uh, my friend, you must sow to that Spirit. Uh, so you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Meaning it is a possibility. It does not unsave you, my friend. Uh, it just means that you have yielded to the flesh more than the Spirit. And my friend, that you're unrighteous in your works, uh, but you're not lost in your works. Help me somebody. You can't get saved by your works and you can't get lost by your works. Our works have nothing to do with salvation. There's only one work that has anything to do with being saved and it's the work of the Lord Jesus dying on a criminal's cross being put in a borrowed tomb getting up by his own power on the third day stopping the devil into hell taking the keys to his own house. Hey, what Walking out with with victory over death, hell, and the grave, uh, seen among men, ascended to his Father with the promise, uh, "I'm going away, but I will come again." That where I am, uh, there you may be also. I'm a blessed man uh, because I've been washed in His own blood. I've been washed. That's why I'm blessed. Blessed is the man that walks with God. Blessed is the man that uh, my friend has been washed by God. I'm telling you, we ain't going to get very far. I've been doing a word study. When you get word studies, you get lots of scriptures. Look in Romans 5. Romans 5. Talking about this imputed righteousness. Look at verse 7. Or verse 6. Miss Autumn, these were the verses I was referring to the other night. And he was talking about, could God save me? Would God save me? I've done this, 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 and this. I told you, you're the perfect candidate. You're who He came for. Look at verse 6, Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for thee. Hey, man, y'all slow on the draw. Y'all think you're godly? You ain't. This old flesh ain't. I promise you, about 1230 last night, on the side of the road with a broke down car, I wasn't being very godly. Ready to commit insurance fraud, and I'm probably still going to if I can't fix it. I'm telling you, 
I told the tow truck driver, sir, you better pray that Gilbert can fix his car because if he can't, I'm putting a match in it. So I told him. So you just pray for me because I'm at my wit's end with this piece of junk. And I might not have said junk. Ain't godly in my old flesh. Come on, somebody. Don't you look at me like you... Bless the Lord. I can't believe it. Get over yourself. You unrighteous dog. Don't you look at me like you got it all together. I I know some of y'all how you act. I've watched your kids get under your skin. You act like you got it all together. You let somebody cut you off at the gas pump when you've been waiting for 30 minutes and it's $10.12 a gallon. Thank you, Joe. Come on, somebody. You just, hey, you let somebody cut you off uh, in a line of traffic when you got the green light or somebody bump into you at Walmart and knock your groceries. I mean, come on. That's who we are in this old flesh. Uh, I mean, if you were to look at us, boy, we ain't a bit blessed. Uh, all we've got, sin, iniquity, sin, iniquity, faults, failures, transgressions. That's all we are. But ain't it good to know we've been washed? Been washed. He died for us, the ungodly. Verse 7, Romans 5. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. You understand what that's saying? Might might be understandable if somebody died for a good man. Might be, it's scarce, but it might be understandable if somebody would die for a righteous man. But that ain't who God died for. Verse 8. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Boy, it makes me want to throw a box of Kleenexes at somebody. Look at verse 9. Much more than being now justified, hey, by His blood, how are we saved? How are we justified? Our good deeds, perfect attendance at church, not ever slipping up, messing up, or, or failing, or flopping. No. It said much more than being now justified by His blood. We shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Not only so, boy, it gets better. Ain't that hard to believe? Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the... Man. Wherefore, as by one man centered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Well, look at verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions, who is the figure of him that was to come. 
But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if ye, uh, for, for, excuse me, for if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift of many offenses under justification. I'm going to read you. Look, jump down to verse 7. Look at verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of what? Shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Look at verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the of one, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. Look at verse 21. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through unto eternal life by. So how in the world can God look at us and not impute unto us our sin and our, our own unrighteousness and our iniquity because we've been washed. So, blessed is the man to whom God imputeth not sin and iniquity. Well, we know that's not the sinner. We know that's not the transgressor. Hey, hey, hello. Good news flash. Look up here. Get your phones out. Take a picture. We're not sinners no more. I know I say it, but we're all wrong when we say it. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Technically, right now, you're not a sinner. Well, some of y'all don't believe that. You are not a sinner. That new man is not a sinner. You're a saint of God. And when God looks at us, He does not see us as a sinner saved by grace. I understand the terminology. I've said it my whole life just like you I have. But doctrinally speaking, when God looks at us, we are not a sinner saved by grace. We're just a son because we've been saved by grace. He's imputed. Mm, I'm about to get happy. He's imputed unto us His own righteousness. He can't get disappointed when He looks at me because when He looks at me, He sees His only begotten, beloved, pure, without sin, holy, purified, perfected Son, and the completed work of the cross. That's all He sees. That's why I'm blessed. Blessed is the man that's been washed by God. I'm, I'm clean. I'm clean because of Him. I mean, we can go through all this. Romans 6, Romans 8, Romans 9, Romans 10, and Romans 14 all deal with the imputed righteousness. I'm telling you, I can stay here. I might as well. I've got just a few minutes. Look in Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What's he say? So we're shouting like a bunch of Indians that we're under grace and God can't see our sin. So does that mean we should just continue in it? Because, you know, the spiritual circumcision. Verse 2, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How are you going to live in sin if that old man's dead? How, how in the world is it possible to live in sin? I know we can mess up in sin. But I've always said that you can't live in sin and get by with it and be saved. Amen. God will break you. He'll mess. Listen to me. I'm telling you, He'll catch you 
By the way, you can run as fast as you want, you ain't going to outrun him. You can hide just as good as you know how to hide, but you can't hide from him. He'll, he'll, he'll deal with you. He'll break you. The old timers, and I still believe it, and if you won't get it right, he'll bury you. He'll bury you. God forbid, verse 2, Romans 6. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death? exactly right. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have uh, been planted together in His likeness of His death, we shall also in the likeness uh, be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, look now, verse 6, that our old man is crucified with Him. I mean, is that plain English or what? That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. That's what this is. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Hello? That old man's dead, but he's still got a whole lot of needs. To be a dead man, he runs his mouth a lot. To be a dead man, he has a lot of cravings. But that's why God said in verse 12, let not sin. you got a choice. Reign in your mortal bodies. Verse 13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of what? Unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as though that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of what? Unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you for ye are not under the law but under grace. Now look, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? What's he say? Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness but God be thanked that ye were once uh, uh, that ye were excuse me uh, servants of sin but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which delivered you uh, being then made free when right then when hey glory when you believed on him Right then, uh, you were made free from sin and ye became the servants of. So blessed is the man that's washed. Why? Because his, come on y'all, slow on the draw. His righteousness has been imputed unto. And our righteousness, which is his what? Is no longer imputed unto us. Because we've been washed. That's the only way you can be blessed. Now, we see all throughout. Uh, look, 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 look down with me. And, and uh, we read in verse 18 where the servants of righteousness. Look with me in verse 20. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from. 
So when you were a sinner, you didn't know nothing about righteousness. That's why when God looked at you, you, he couldn't say blessed is the man because the only thing he could impute unto you was your own sin, your own unrighteousness, your own iniquities. Verse 21, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Come on, somebody. I ain't buying this garbage that you can be saved and love your sin. I understand sin is pleasurable for a season, but it's a season. This old flesh craves it and unsaid it. Loves it, has a lust for it. But the new man, the Holy Ghost, dwells within you. You cannot live and love your sin. God is somewhere in the middle of that thing. Yes. He said being made free from sin. In verse 22. You become the servants of God. To God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Of course we understand the wages of sin is death but get to God's eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, look over at Romans chapter 8. I'm winding her up. I mean this is just good Bible. Preaching, study, word study, man. You ain't going to get no better than the Word of God. Oh, I know, I preach the alliterated outlines, got illustrations, and every now and then a joke or two. But this right here is the power of God. It is. Look at Romans 8. My God, I'm telling you, I feel like hurting somebody. I'm so happy. Look at verse 8. Therefore, there, there is therefore, what's the next word? No now, no condemnation. We're going to try that again. There is therefore yesterday, tomorrow. But you know what's good about yesterday and tomorrow? If you'd have read that yesterday, it still meant what it means today. If you read it tomorrow, it's going to mean what it means right now. Now is now. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You got saved, guess what you got in? The body of Christ. Who walk not after the flesh. So that tells you, that old flesh is still wanting to walk. But after the Spirit, you've got a choice. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh before sin condemned sin in the flesh. Look at verse 4. That the what? Of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but his spiritual mind is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But, I got, I'm, about to, I'm telling you, I got, I'm going to throw something. Verse 9. Look at verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Look at here. We're all in the flesh. Or are we? But we are. But are we? But I am in the flesh. But am I? Some of y'all is looking at me like, huh? Look at verse number 9. 
But ye are not in the but in the if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. In other words, if you're saved, hey, I done told you. That's why I said you're not a sinner. Because God says if you're saved, you're not even in the flesh. If we was in the flesh after salvation, when God looked at us, He'd see our flesh. Which is what? Imputed sin and iniquity. Unrighteousness. But when we got saved, He imputed unto us His righteousness, freed us from this old bondage of, of the flesh. And when God looks at us, if the Spirit of God lives in you, He does not see us in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Does everybody see this? This blows the lose your salvation completely to hell and back. I don't mean that out of context. It really does. If you believe your Bible, you can't read that and not believe what I'm saying. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of sin. So God imputed His into our spirit. Do you not see that? Verse 11. But if the spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies right here by His spirit that dwelleth in you. That's at the last resurrection. Y'all okay? So this old fleshly body is not always going to be dead in sin. Because God through His Spirit. How do we get quickened inside? Through His Spirit. How's this old mortal body going to be quickened? Through His Spirit. At the last resurrection, God's going to quicken this flesh body that's dead and going to decay in a grave somewhere. And the graves will open. And this old fleshly body will reunite with our precious soul that's without sin. That's had imputed righteousness of God. Imputed in our soul. They'll come together and God will do away with the old mortal body and give us a glorified body like and unto His. We'll be whole. We'll be holy through and through at that day. And He's going to do it all through and by His Spirit. And this is why I preached a couple weeks ago, verse 12. Therefore, in the light, in light of the fact of we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, ye are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Um, let me look on. Man. I could... Just keep on keeping on right here, but I'll move. I'm about done. I'm just going to finish up my verses here in Romans. Look at uh, chapter 9. I knew I wouldn't get far. So blessed is the man. Number one, blessed is the man that walks with God. Blessed is the man that's been washed by God. Looking down in verse number uh, 14. Romans 9, 14, you there? What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? 
What's the answer? For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even the same purpose, I have raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, that by my name shall uh, by my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will uh, he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but old man, who art thou that 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 replies against God? Shall the shall the thing formed say to him that formed it? Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay is the same love to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and make his own power known endureth with much long suffering the vessel's wrath fitted to destruction? And that he that uh, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. Y'all see what he's implying here? Mercy, 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 mercy. Verse 24, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. You ought to say whoop, hallelujah. Um, look over with me in verse number 28. For he will finish the work, cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Uh, look down in verse number 30. What shall we say then that the Gentiles which follow not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness hath not attained the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith. But as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in sign a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Uh, look, in, look in chapter number 10. That was uh, some more in chapter 9. Verse 3, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Y'all see that? That's the religious Pharisee, know it all, I'm better than you, dying most of them without God going, going to hell. They got their own righteousness, and God said, you can't have no righteousness, dummy, until you get mine. Verse 4, Romans 10, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law that man, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ from above, down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What I tell you the other night, Adam, you're going to have to have if you want to get saved. Faith. She said, how do I get it? You can't get it. God has to give it to you. But you got to get honest with God for He'll give you a heart of faith. Are you with me? What is the message that we preach? Verse 8, Romans 10. Faith. Verse 9. What follows faith? Repentance. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Looky here. It can't be that simple, Brother Josh. It can't be that simple. He surely don't love me. 
Yes, he does. Thou shalt be saved. Glory. That's how we got in. My God, I'm enjoying myself this morning. Verse 10, Romans 10, 10. For with the heart man believeth unto what? My soul. Ain't it good, deacon? I got the, Ain't it good? Hell is our sin and iniquity not imputed unto us because His righteousness was when we got washed. <laughs> oh yes, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. If you're really saved, you ain't going to keep quiet about that. These folks that say, but nobody knows it, they ain't saved. These folks that say, but they ain't never mentioned being saved at school, it's because they ain't saved. These folks that say, but they never talk about their Savior at work, because they ain't saved. If you're ashamed of your Savior, He ain't your Savior. Mm. Felt good saying that. Verse 12. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich and all that call upon Him. Look here, Adam. Hey, can He save me? Can He love me? Glory to God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be Whosoever, whosoever, hey, there's not a sinner too lost that God can't save them. Boy, I'm so glad you finally that Sunday night. I don't even know if everybody knows I've got saved Sunday night. And she finally realized this is true. God does love her. Hey, Adam. I know I ain't much, but guess what the Lord sent you? Look at verse 14. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Hey, and how shall they preach except they be sent? It don't mean nothing to you, but July the 13th, He sent me. He called me. And I've been telling the world ever since, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them. You can come up here and look. That preach the gospel of peace. Bring glad tidings of good things. So, look with me in Romans 14. I'm done. Two minutes. Holy smokes. Man. Romans 14. 
Verse number one, him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful. Uh, lost my place. Verse two, for one that believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which uh, eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. We ain't going to get into all that. Let me jump down where I'm needing to be. Verse 7, For none of us liveth to himself, no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or we die, we are the Lord's. Amen. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. As it is written, verse 11, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know I am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean to him that is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, uh, now walkest uh, thou not charitably destroy 